Y'all, Stages is now sponsored by BetterHelp, and I couldn't be more excited because I love therapy. So I encourage you, if you've had a tough year and a half, <laughs> why don't you give them a shot? You can find a therapist that you can connect with. Their resource is thousands of therapists, well-trained and experienced. You can keep looking until you find someone that you click with. They have customized online therapy. They do offer videos, but they also offer phone and live chat sessions. So you don't even have to be seen. You can only be heard. What are you waiting for? Go to BetterHelp. That's H-E-L-P.com slash stages. And for our cast members, you get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash stages. Go, go, go. Go find your healing. Go find your happy. Stages podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. That's H-E-L-P. Hi, I'm Stephanie J. Block. And I'm Mary Lee Fairbanks. Welcome to Stages Podcast. Where we're bringing creation and connection to center stage. Happy Halloween, cast members and listeners. Um, we know Halloween has a lot of different meanings for so many. It can just be memories of trick-or-treating or fun, different autumnal festivals, or some people think of it as the dark side or paganism. We promise you that is not what we are endorsing, but we thought it would be really fun and very interesting to bring on a medium someone who I have worked with in the past. So before you tune in, if you feel sensitive to this particular subject matter of speaking to different energies and perhaps spirits on the other side, maybe you should skip this one and just pick back up next week. Those of you that want to just have a fun ride and listen to a conversation with a really intuitive and very skilled medium, well then keep on keeping on. Thank you so much and happy Halloween. Oh, everyone, you are in for a real treat. Trick or treat. Welcome to our Halloween episode. So last fall, I had a reading with a medium who was so accurate that it made me spin. Uh, I have had psychic readings and spiritual energy sessions or however you want to call them many times before. But this reading in particular, it just felt safe and it felt protected. And as someone who considers myself not only spiritual, but also religious, this was something that um, I needed in order to feel open and to receive the messages that were coming through. And boy, did they come through. A lot of loved ones had so many specific things to say to me. Um, and they connected with me in a way that I had never heard before. He's known as the stage door medium, but the doors that he opens are ones to the spiritual world and to those whom we love and have passed. Please welcome Mr. Jimmy Moses. Can we have Jimmy Moses to stage, please? Jimmy to stage. Hi. Hi, that is the nicest thing. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. I always enter 
these moments and these readings without a whole lot of expectations. And especially in this world of social media and being online, there's so much information already that they can pull from people's Facebook page or Instagram page and create an entire uh, story that you go, yes, yes, that is me. Yes, that happened to me. But you came through with things that no one in my <laughs> life, other than those who are on the other side, could have spoken to. And you blew my mind. And I want to know how it came to you and how you came to terms with, is this a true thing that I'm doing, a true ability. What I'm so grateful for is I didn't start practicing until I was post-college. The biggest misconception I would like to break down is, you know, it doesn't mean that I'm not grateful for it, but I don't, I don't call it a gift. It sounds snobbish to me. It puts people on a pedestal who shouldn't be there. And a gift to me, it means it's something that's given to you and you don't have to work for it. The, the amount of upkeep to be a medium is... Like yesterday, I had a reading that was at 9 a.m. So that meant that I was up at six meditating. I did my prayers. I saged out my space. So for me, a medium is someone that is able to sense the energy of our loved ones who cross over. How they're going to do it is very different from your other medium. So for me, I start to feel things on my body, kind of like the operation board where I will feel pain in particular parts of the body to indicate, hey, this is who passed and this is how. From there, after they like ring the doorbell, so to speak, I'll ask them a couple more questions. And then from there, we'll kind of you know fully flesh out the person that is here to speak. I'm going to be very honest with you. If you ever have a psychic that says like, you know, this is 100% happening to you, I, I don't know if I believe that. I think a psychic at best is presenting likelihood or probability. For me, I didn't start training until post-college because I would... As a kid, I would seem to know when things were going to happen. I would know descriptions about loved ones that I hadn't met because my both of my dad's parents had passed when he was six, uh, five and six. So he was without parents at a very early age. So there were times where I would know weird things as a kid. You're like, oh, this is cool. You kind of chalk it up to coincidence though. Mm -hmm. And you certainly don't want to say it's mediumship because it, it was so scary in movies. I mean, you always had these, you know, the gypsies out of wagons where the eyes would, would go white and the voice would change. And they're like, you're in danger. You know what I mean? Like this right, is scary. Right. A floating <laughs> and, uh, head in a crystal ball. Or, sure, sure. Yeah. And it, I trained at a place um, called Lilydale. I'm not sure if, if you've heard of it. And um, right next to it is this, it's neat. It's an assembly ship. Uh, imagine like a Disneyland of psychic mediums. So, um, right. If that's a thing. And, I would um, so go to that Disneyland. <laughs> it is really, it is, it is cool. I mean, you, you go in and um, there's only four streets. If I'm not mistaken, it's like A, B, C, and D street. And then these uh, mediums live there. And um, you basically go to see who has availability that day. And then they, they read you. And then there's a stump. There's a giant tree stump in the middle of the woods. And once or twice a day, they do something called the stump reading, which is what I call platform reading, where you sit in front of hundreds of people and um, the medium will bring through a soul for someone in the crowd. And then a different medium will take over. And it's um, I trained there for only two days because I, I felt like, I had really bad anxiety in high school and I didn't realize it was this manifesting itself. So a medium had told me, she was like, you know, you're supposed to be doing this and you should be getting trained. She's like, do you have like crippling anxiety? And I was like, yes. And now mind you, I thought it was like the, the exit through the gift shop type of pitch of like, we want to make more money off you. So I was 
very skeptical. Anyway, long story short, I trained and I just felt like I didn't belong in this group. You know, it was mostly older, very ethereal adults that were just so peaceful. And I'm over here and I'm like, fuck, do you have air conditioning? I'm like sweating. And they're like, cool it with your mind. I'm like, we need, we need AC, like literal baby. I'm like, I am so hot right now. And they're like, well, the fairies will cool you down. I'm like, I don't, I don't belong here. So this medium has her hand on my shoulder. She's like, who wants to go first? I, I guess I'll go. So I'm sitting in the group and I'm like describing this woman. And I'm like, oh, I have this beautiful woman. She looks Greek. Her hair is down to here, olive skin. And she kept showing me like an A. And I'm like, okay, so her name must start with an A. And she hit me here. And I didn't know what that meant. So I'm describing all of this. And she does two eight. And I'm like, does this mean anything to anyone? And I feel the medium, the trainer, grab my shoulder. And she goes, and I look at her. I go, is this for you? Uh, Her name was Angela. She died at 28. She was my best friend. And she passed in a car crash. Mm -hmm. She was Greek. And then she showed me a a bridal dress uh, with a frown. She said that they had a falling out before the wedding and she did not end up being the maid of honor. And then right after she was married, she died in a, in a car accident. Oh my goodness. Um, so it was that moment where you're like, Oh, cause I was skeptical before it, but I was like, I'm going to try this out and, and see how this speaks to me. And so to leave there knowing that like you were able to help someone, even just like one little tidbit of information, like, it was powerful. And I, I think you have to be approaching it from that perspective and you can't lose sight of why you're doing it. Now that you know what was attributing to your anxiety, have you been able to sort of calm those storms because there's an outlet now, there's a way of sort of harnessing all of that? Yeah. For me, tapping into mediumship, it has been a way of kind of grounding myself and seeing the bigger picture outside of myself sometimes too, right. which I think, I think we all, I think we all need, I don't know, to, to trust that there is a bigger plan, you know, that mm. the universe is listening to you and, and to know that, you know, you're not meant to fail at things. Now I will still get anxious before readings. You want to represent yourself well, you want to represent spirit well. How do you compare what you do with being an empath? I know that you probably feel people's feelings while you're doing this. How do you segment what's coming in from one realm, what's in front of you as an empath, feeling what the person is feeling, especially if you're doing one of those, you know, what you call stump readings, how can you possibly decipher? You must be bombarded with things coming at you. And do you have like a channel that sort of protects you to keep you focused in one direction? What most people don't tell you about mediumship is like when you watch the TV shows, so many people just think it's the ex, like um, Mary Lee's loved one coming in and Mary Lee's loved one and I are just having the conversation. Most mediums don't tell you that really our spirit guides are the ones that are facilitating the conversation. So I call my main guide, like he's like my bouncer, so to speak. So when I encounter a soul that might not have been the kindest, but there's still someone's dad. There's still someone's mom. I will see my guy do this. He'll put down like a a hand, like a gate of, I'm going to monitor this one. I always start with a prayer first and foremost, I guess, to answer your question. So I will meditate before I even start. We call it sitting in the power. Each of us has like a little bit of like what I call like God energy in them. Tuning in as a medium is is really like figuring out how do we, how does my little bit of God energy tap in with yours and then tap in with theirs on the other side. And so you're on channel eight today. Let me read it. Let me turn on to channel eight and make sure that they're on. It's a matter of making sure we're all on the same page. I tell my guides, please do not admit more than one at a time. Now, though, if I get double pain, so if I get really bad pain, it means that there are multiple people. 
that passed from the same thing. So I can't forget, you know, I can't forget that there's another one in line. So I write everything down as well. Uh, when you talked about the the stump readings or the gallery readings, I had done one in June and I knew that I was going to be overwhelmed. And so I took notes ahead of time. I was like, does anyone want to come through early? Please identify yourselves, give me descriptors. So I wrote it all down. So I knew it, I was going to be nervous. And if we get nervous, we can wall ourselves up. So I mm-hmm. started with the three souls that I, that I had um, written down just to, and it was a great way of me calming myself first. I think all mediums are empathic by nature. This is something you just get better with, with time. Because when I first started, there is this idea of like, you want to bring your work home with you and you want to talk about it all the time because it feels good to help people. Of course it does. But then there comes a point where you draw a line where you're like, I gave the best of my ability today. I can't fix this situation. I relayed the information. I told them, you know, what I saw and I'm not going to, I can't be checking in on these people weekly to be like, Hey, are you feeling better after we spoke? There's a real danger to that. And there's a real danger of keeping this on all the time. I think when I first started, I was like, I must you know, I, I must keep it on because you see it glorified on TV shows. You see mediums that are at the deli and somebody's getting capicola and she's like, you know, I've got your mother here. And like, first off, that's so invasive to be doing that. I think to somebody without their permission, I also believe that mediumship is a collaboration. What does the client bring to the table too? Stephanie can attest to it. I give you homework. I'm like, tell your loved ones by name in a prayer, in a meditation. I would really like it if you could come through today. And these are the topics. Because I always say the universe listens, God listens. We have to put it out there what we need. You have to be very specific when we put it out there too, right? You have to be specific. You can't generalize when it comes to the direction that you've decided you want to move forward in, in in lots of ways, in a a reading, in life, in in everything that you're asking the universe for. That's what I've always Absolutely. Okay. Let's say you just finished a reading. Then you end with a prayer and, you know, the protective golden light, but how does, is it your, your guides that say the bouncer, let's say puts his arm back down and says no more for today. How do you tell your person and your mind and your spirit it's, it's done. I'm not receiving any more messages today. I visualize the old open and close signs that were on like the old doors of of Mm. stores where they flip it. And so when I I'm, I'm in my studio right now, so when I'm done, I sage out I thank my guides. I thank God for the ability, for what I was able to you know, accomplish today. And then I literally go, just for today, I'm done. Or I will sometimes give a specific time, like my next reading is tomorrow at 4 p.m. So I'll go, I would like to turn this off until 4 p.m. tomorrow. I thank you so much for this. I flip the sign and then I'm good to go. And you know, it, it happens like a couple of weeks ago, I had finished here. I put my off sign on, but there, I, and I got my hair cut. And there was a new woman working in the salon. And all of a sudden, the left side of my head started hurting, which for me signifies tragic passing, drugs, suicide, impact to the head. And I brought it up to my hairstylist. I'm like, I'm not going to approach her, but I'm like, do you know anything about this? And later that night, she, the, the woman had found me. She had contacted me and she was like, this was my best friend's son who had just passed three days ago from um, uh, drugs. And she said, what I will say is that I had been asking him for a sign for the last three days to let me know he got in and that he was You were okay. that sign. You were that one. Oh, crazy sometimes. Crazy sometimes. 
kids tend to be afraid of lots of, you know, we're afraid of the dark, we're afraid of ghosts, we're afraid of the scary things we saw on TV. But I would think as a medium, especially when you're a child, you must be so susceptible to these feelings around you. Like, were you afraid as a kid? Did you see things as a kid? Did you feel more than other kids? What was that like? I think I was still, to be honest, in the empathic stage of my journey, you know, into, you know, to where I am now. I only had one event. It was right after my cousin had passed. He lived in Kentucky and he had passed from a a brain tumor. And um, the night that he passed, I was sleeping on the couch. And I remember, it's going to sound scary, but then and for years I was like, oh, this was scary. I didn't like this. And then looking back on it, he was the biggest goofball. So knowing now what I know as a medium, I'm like, oh, he was trying to scare the shit out of me for humor, for his, do you know what I mean? For his humor, <laughs> he smoked. I could smell his brand of cigarette. And then I started hearing <sighs> like, and I'm like, nope, I'm going to bed. I went upstairs, literally merely pulled the covers over my head. And then I tapped into him a couple of years ago during a meditation. He came through and he's like, you do know I was trying to just scare the shit out of you. So <laughs> now you tell me I've been carrying no. that one for 20 years. But guess <laughs> what? Cause it worked. It <laughs> really, really worked. You know, it spooked me out, but no, I wasn't, I wasn't, mine were just impressions. Mine were feelings. Mine was like, let's go to this checkout at Walmart. And sure enough, like you pick this checkout and yeah, it's delayed. And my mom's like, why'd you pick that one? And then there was like a car accident across the street that, you know, mm. you have to wonder how to, so that type of stuff, but no, I wish I had these exciting stories of sensing energy in spaces. And that's the other thing I'm going to be very candid about. And I don't want to debunk it for anyone as a medium. I don't believe really in the concept of haunted houses. I believe in imprinting. I believe that we leave behind energy in, in spaces, nursing homes, theaters you go into a theater and you're like what happened here yeah no sure but i don't believe and i think the real dangerous thing is sometimes when you see these ghost hunting tours where they're like let's go into a home where people were like mass murdered like those souls were innocent souls they are not hanging out at that house they have moved on so what's happening is that you're actually attracting really crummy low-level energy I mean, I always say just because we cross over doesn't mean that we're good people. So you might be attracting some real low vibrational stuff that they're going to go to that house because it's like a Zoom meeting with no password. They're going to say, let's go to that. Let's give people the spooks that they that they paid for at this house. But it, you will not find me at stuff like that. Um, Steph, can we tell them what happened with us and our little, the thing we caught on tape? We can. We're both in very old homes. Well, the morning of one of our interviews, um, There is a a, a black and white, a couple black and white photographs that are beautifully framed, obviously professionally done, which I loved. It shows that the previous owners are honoring the building and those who originally lived in this home, but it was in the kitchen. And the Virgo in me was like, I don't understand why we have these black and white historical photos near the stove. It makes no (laughs) sense to me. So I'm going to move you. And I talked to them. And I said, I'm going to move you and we're going to set you by the front door where I always have a bouquet of flowers. And I just want to honor you. I want you to know that I'm sharing the space with you and my family is going to grow up here enjoy, And we're going to just take care of your beautiful home. Thank you. Well, they didn't like that one little bit and weird stuff just started to happen from 
technology going berserk, me hearing some things falling as if things were breaking, but they weren't. I can't remember. There was another specific one where I went, maybe I shouldn't have moved that picture. But Mary Lee and I and our intern, Saren, who handles really all things technical because we're not great at it. And we're doing the our copy and I'm reading some things that we had written down. And all of a sudden I had frozen. And apparently on the other end, it was me going, okay, 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 okay. And that happened for a long while. And then all of a sudden the sound dropped out completely and they weren't getting any noise from me on the other end. We complete this really interrupted and full of hiccups, uh, our session. And then Mary Lee is going back to listen and edit and cut and paste. And then out of nowhere is this voice that says, tell me. Yeah. Tell me. I have it on tape. I jumped out of my skin. So that imprint, granted, could it be a technical something where it's making a certain phonetic sound that sounds like, tell me, sure. But whatever that imprint was, she played it for me and literally the bottom dropped out Mm -hmm. from where I was sitting. Like I just felt hollow. Um, I have to do a little more homework to see who the original owners were. Then we played it for my husband who he's, he's open to it, but he's always a skeptic, right? He's when it comes to this sort of stuff, always a skeptic. And he was like, holy crap. No, that's really clear. It was the same thing with my husband. Who's often a skeptic too. He listened and he was like, wow. Okay. That was, that was kind of female voice. No, it was a male. Male. And you don't hear it like, you know, when Saren was doing technical stuff, it's not within the body of what we were recording. Mary Lee had to go back, listen to the entire recording as she's editing and putting it together. And it's like, it is floating, but it is clear. Tell me. Tell me. I mean, that to me, that sounds like, I mean, that sounds, my guess would be that somebody from the home who's checking in. I mean, I always say though, at the end of the day, we are in, we are in control. I mean, if, if you don't, you can, you can sage out the space, the whole house, you can sage out the room. You can ask it to be wrapped in white protective light. You know, even anything that's remotely making you uncomfortable, even if they're great souls, like you can just say, Hey, I'm not, I'm not cool with this. I need you right. to, you know, right. I need you to step out. I don't think that they're living there full time. They're definitely visiting, you know, unless, unless you are, Living on a, 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 you know, living in a property where something really bad happened. Most of the time, there I just call them visiting spirits, like mm-hmm. people that that grew up in the house. You know, yeah, I've never felt I've never felt unsafe in this space. That's for sure. And I'm constantly talking to them and just trying to honor them. Jimmy, do you think all people have the innate ability to? connect with those that have passed over and we just don't pay attention to it because of the busyness of our lives. Yeah. I, I, when I was mentioning how I don't think it's a gift, I think everyone has this ability. If anyone wants to learn how to play the piano or play football, they can do that. They might not be the greatest. They might not be a concert pianist, but they can still say, I know how to play. Everyone can train. It doesn't mean that you're going to be a medium and to be, to do it full time. And some people shouldn't be. I see the way some <laughs> I see the way some mediums speak with others and it's it's harsh. They're like, well, I'm a straight shooter. I'm like, we need to retire that word. You know, some of these things that I I hear 
clients being told in readings are like, are hurt. What, what's the benefit of actually right. sharing that information with the person who has to live with it day in and day out? That's when you know that the medium is making it about them and not about mm. their client. You have to train though. And when I say train, I mean like you can't be going onto YouTube. You know, if you want to learn tidbits about mediumship, sure, go onto YouTube, listen to a podcast, but you've got to train how to safely protect yourself. What types of messages do we welcome in? What's, which types do we say, I don't want to hear? How do we share this? There's a real way to deliver a message. And then from there, you hit the ground running. All the field experience is clients. Do you find that you're more audio, visual, or kinesthetic? They call them the clairs, like clairvoyance, claircognizance, clairaudience. It's never clear. It's not that 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 would be called objective hearing, objective seeing. I like to say, close your eyes and hear it. And I were to say James Earl Jones, you can hear James Earl Jones's Mm -hmm. voice. Or if I were to say, you know, Liza Manelli, you can hear her. The, the affect, the way she speaks, but there's sound bites that that we equate with with a person's voice. So I would say clear audience is my strongest. From there, clairvoyance. Um, clairvoyance really just looks like pictures, though. I, it's like a game of Pictionary. So my walls are all white here in the studio. I just treat it as a blank canvas. My absolute strongest, though, out, outside of those, would be clairsentience, which would be the clear feeling. Mm-hmm. And then from there, I use clear audience, uh, clairvoyance. There's also some um, clear cognizance, which just means clear knowing, which is uh, you just know. Sometimes I can look at someone's face and go, this person's gone and uh, correct. And, you know, other times there's um, what we call clear aliens or clear gustins. So um, clear taste and smell. So you can mm. smell cigarettes. You can smell alcohol if they were, if they had an addiction or taste. So if I taste blood, that means that there was an accident and it goes away after a second, or you can taste, if I taste like salt, that means somebody's diet, uh, there's too much sodium. So it must have taken you a really long time when you were first beginning to sort through what all these signs mean. You must have made a lot of mistakes in the readings trying to figure out, okay, so when I hear this or taste this or smell this, this is what it means. Or when they come yeah. in on the left side or the right side, this is what it means. So that must take years and lots of journals and organization to figure out how to categorize it all. You have to. And my book is what I call it. My Bible is going to be different from your Bible. If you were a practicing medium versus Stephanie's, somebody might just see like a a baby and they might just know, oh, is this a this, a this, a this? For me, I have them go real nitty gritty. So if I see blue, it means boy miscarriage. If I see a pink blanket that's knitted, it means a girl. If I see white, it means terminated pregnancy. So be very careful with how you word this. If I see, if I'm able to see a baby's face in the blanket, it means that they were here for a couple of days and then they passed. It's really as willing as you are to learn to forgive yourself when you make mistakes and just own it. Sometimes it takes a long time because when, before we started recording, you said to me, did you know someone who passed from a stroke or an aneurysm or something to the head. And I'm like, no, mm -mm, mm." but in the middle of this, I'm like, oh my gosh, I know exactly who he means. That's what I was just It takes a long time sometimes because we, at least for me, I want so much to have the connection and I believe in it. I think it's really helpful and I'm fascinated by it. So I think I want it so much since my brain's overthinking and I end up not really hearing and connecting in the way I should. Sure. And we also want to control, right? So when you read- me, there was a recent death in our home. You know, Sebastian had lost his father, but there were other people before we were preparing for this reading that I wanted to connect with. But when we were sitting in the moment, I had forgotten about those 
souls. They were not on the forefront of my mind or my memory. But then two days after the reading was over, I went, oh, shoot. I actually wept because I felt such guilt that they were not at the forefront of my memory. And I thought I wanted to control the narrative. I wanted to control who was going to speak to me and who I was going to connect with. And that isn't our place, right? So maybe that wonderful woman who was a huge part of our life died tragically. She wasn't ready to come forward or did not want to be a part of the conversation that day, right? So it's really interesting because just like you, ML, there were people that I thought for sure were going to come through and didn't. There were people that I had forgotten. You must come across, Jimmy, people that just are not aware enough or pay attention enough that even if you're getting clear, clear signs and you're presenting them to your client or the person in these sort of gallery readings, that we're not paying attention or in tune enough that it could be right on the money, but it doesn't hit them until a couple days later. It's so funny because like the critic, the saboteur in me is always there. And the minute you're like, oh, there are a couple of people that I thought for sure would have come through and they didn't even now I'm like, oh no, oh no. I'm like, <laughs> no, I'm no, no, no. And I'm like, wait, wait. And then I'm like going through my head. I'm like, no, no, I had a really damn long list of folks that came in for you. <laughs> you did. It was almost wild I how was many like, people wanted to talk to me. I felt very popular. I, I call it just the surrender aspect. There comes a point where we have to go, okay, like so-and-so didn't come through today. It doesn't mean that they didn't want to speak with you. It could have meant that I missed them. Because I always say the squeaky wheel, was it squeaky wheel gets the grease? Like yes, exactly. Those souls that are allowed, they're going to find ways to come through first because that's them. There are that would be my family, Jimmy. They're very loud. <laughs> well, they'll come I'll share something with you when we're, when we're done recording. There's not <gasps> let up and I'm like, oh, okay, okay. Um, <laughs> but I mean, the, the one time I, I, I saw this woman there and I'm like, who are you? And she was like, mom. And I'm like, why didn't you come through first? And she was like. I just let the loud ones take over. Actually, you can turn those moments into a really beautiful sign of validation. So I said, your mom wouldn't have rocked the boat, right? She started crying. She goes, that was her. She was not one that would have fought for attention. She wouldn't have fought for like when when the conversation lulled at the dinner table, then she would be like, by the way, did anyone see, you know what I mean? And yeah. Right, right, right. So even though her importance and maybe the daughter or son or whoever wanted to hear from the mom first, that energy that that mom held here on earth is the same energy on the other side. So she's still going to have a lot of the same characteristic and, and attributes that that person would know her to have. And you, yeah, you, sh- you shared that with me, you know, with my grandmother and you said, she's very dignified and she's very, you know, she's in the room, but she's also very quiet. And, you know, English was her second language. She didn't know how to write or how to read. So she always sat there for a very long time, unless it was about, you know, cooking or as you mentioned, jewelry. I remember Jimmy said to me, this is very odd. So your grandmother is coming forward finally, after sitting there with a lot of grace and integrity. And, and all she's saying is, jewelry. And he's like, I've never had a grandparent come forward and say that for the first thing, but it was right. I wear my grandmother's diamonds in my ears every single day. Her photo that I have of her sits amongst all of my jewelry. She's in the middle of all my jewelry. So that was like the, for somebody else, it could be so arbitrary and out there, but for me, it was exactly 
right. She's like saying, I see what you're wearing and you carry me with you every day. I know where I'm placed in your home. And I took that as that's exactly where she wants to be. Cause I touch base with her, you know, in the morning when I start my day and in the night before I go to bed. So it was very clear to me, but who in the heck would have known, okay, your grandmother is just saying jewelry. That's it. Jewel. <laughs> I almost didn't say it to you because I was worried that ju- jewelry is generic because here's the other thing. I teach a philosophy course. So there's a part of me that like, I'm fascinated by like the Barnum effect by the, you know, like PT Barnum had this quote and that's where it comes from. It's like that we have something for everyone. So with the Barnum effect, I mean, that's how some of the, the, I would say the phonies flourish is they give these Barnum statements that sound very targeted, very highly specific. And then you right. know, they're like, when they're like, I'm my favorite is like when they go, if you have somebody here who like, and they acted up, they're like, oh, who stopped breathing? I'm like, well, no shit. That's how we <laughs> stop breathing. So right, like, right. You know, they like, love drinking coffee in the morning. Oh no, not coffee, tea. They tea. love tea. Yes, yes. Something right. warm in the morning. Well, if you want a wild story, like similar to jewelry, about six months ago, I was reading a Broadway performer and they showed me blanket. Uh, this younger soul came through and he showed me a blanket and he said, ouch. And I'm like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with this. Cause it's like a really strange game of Pictionary sometimes. And I'm like, I, you know, you're always hesitant to say blanket because blanket can also be generic. So you have to go, all right, you've got to give me more. And the ouch thing threw me. And I was like, this soul is talking about a, a blanket that has him on it, but he's saying, ouch. And he had a little bit of a mouth. He was like, ouch, bitch. And I was like, do you understand this? And she was like, I am currently sitting on him. She goes, the blanket has his face on it. And she goes, he was Oh very- my God. So for him to be like, ouch, bitch, like she goes, that was him. So she goes, he's literally telling me to get off this blanket. And she Stop goes, sitting on his face. On, on his face. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, oh my goodness. gosh. So it's oh my those gosh. beautiful moments where you, if you just got to dig a little deeper as yeah. the medium, and if you feel as the medium that I'm being given something generic, I say, hey, can you take me just one step higher? Give yeah. me one more extra piece of information. So you're, you're just starting to hone in on your skills and understand what this wild game of Pictionary means for you. Did you use family members or partners or just dear friends and say, look, this is going to be a free for all, but I would love to try this out. You start, it's really hard to read on family because the more developed you become as a medium, they will yank that. There is even people where like, I've become friends with them after I read them for the first time or you know, I'll have return clients where I might say, Hey, I think it's time for you to find a different medium because Mm. we're friends now. Otherwise I'm giving you a roadmap for how to do everything. When I first started for me, it felt like coming out again and going like, I'm a medium and how are people going to greet, greet that and receive that. And I told a friend of mine, uh, a work colleague that I had been trained and she was like, well, that's interesting. My best friend's mom is looking to have a reading done. She has no expectation go in, see what happens. So I went to her house and I remember being like terrified. I kept hearing this name. And, and that's the other thing you should know too. When you first start training, you're going to get the names. You're going to get crazy details because they essentially, it's like we have a hearing aid and they have to turn it up to a 10 out of a 10. So we can hear it. You're getting very much the extrinsic type of like rewards, like the gold stars of, I will give you a full name. I will give you the exact age that I died. 
but you might only get those two pieces of information and then you're drained for the day. So Mm -hmm. now I will get the slightest feeling on my body and I'll go, oh, I know what that means because it's their way of going, we have to conserve your battery. So you can continue to read for like an hour and a half. So I would say it was random folks, that one reading, she changed my life. I read her and I was like, I have a man here and I gave the name. Before that, though, I was bringing through other names and she was like, you know, I was like, I've got, I've got your mom here. And she like, didn't seem to care. She's like, yeah. I'm like, do you not want to talk to your, to your mom? I was like rude. And um, finally I was like, I, I have X here. And I gave the name and she goes, there we go. And I'm like, well, he's hiding. He's pointing, you know, over here to this shed. And she was like, he had taken his life out, out here. And so she said, this was my spouse. It was that moment where she was like, are you ever open to reading more people? From there, it was like one powerful experience kind of turned into boom, 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 boom. When you find those beautiful moments of like, where even as the medium, you're like, this is wild. It's, Mm -hmm. it's pretty special. I feel like the world is filled with those little signs, but we just get too busy to notice. And after my dad passed, I, I, Oh, don't. Oh, is that who's yelling at you? Coming through all since 6 a.m. Dad has been here. Yeah, I'm sure he has. But was dad a large, larger guy? He, he was, he wasn't fat, but he had like a big barrel chest. They kept flashing me like a Paul Bunyan type of. But I ask him all the time. I'm like, so I could use a little sign today. Can you send our sign? And he, and I almost always see it. Almost wow. always. Yeah. He's been gone for a while. Correct. Yes. Yeah. When I say why, I don't mean a couple of years. I mean, like, I mean a while. Do you understand yeah. this? Almost 20. You got it. Because I was going to say, I almost feel like one of your kids would not have known them that well. Do you have dad's face? Can I ask? Yeah. Because he's talking right now and he says like, what a, it, it sounds weird how he's wanting me to word it, but I feel like there are days where you wake up and you see dad's face in yours and you're like, it's kind of like a, what a neat gift it is to still know that I've got this piece of dad with me here. I hope it makes sense, but it does. Um, and I see an equal sign. It very much means that you look like them and it's yeah. a real gift. So sorry to mean to ambush you, but no, no, it's not an ambush. I love it. Do you find that the readings are very different or the signs that you get are different if you are actually physically with the person in the room or whether you're over zoom? It doesn't change. If anything, I like zoom more because I encourage skepticism. Sometimes people will go, well, mediums say that they can't read me because I'm a skeptic. And I'm like, that's not true. The medium just is worried that you're not going to like them. And the medium walls themselves up because they're going, oh, I'm being judged. Bring in skepticism. That's that's lovely. Everyone should. And that's why I, what I love about Zoom readings is that look at us right now. We're like here up. If we have our hands down, you can't say, oh, they looked, they saw a ring. They mm. can look and go, oh, they saw my, because in, in the psychic world, there's a really bad practice for, for the phonies. We call it cold reading. So they look at literally anything they can get off of, off, off of a person's outfit. So they might look, I don't know what your hoodie says right now, but they might look at mine and be like, oh, flowers, this person's in touch with nature. Um, they might judge a person. So I always say, come in with a blank background, a boring ass wall. I don't want to see anything. I just hear up doing a reading that way is really thrilling because we have mm. nothing to work off of except what we're being shown. 
Right. Yeah. And when Mary Lee expressed that her father had passed away, you literally gasped because you were like, ah, oh, drats, don't you know, give me any information to... because you could obviously you had known that before and you were hearing his voice. Bingo. Because he's been yeah. he, he's been here since 6 a.m. Like I was <laughs> my morning to feed the dogs. And he was like, are we ready for today? And I'm like, well, it's, it's not a it's not a reading day. And he goes, oh, yes, it is. And I'm like, well, <laughs> OK, that, um, sound, that sounds like him, you know, just this buoyant personality. Like you would know if he was in a room, I feel like his, I'm not sure if he had a deeper voice too, but the way it fills the room when we talked about clear audience and it's weird that it's my strongest. Cause growing up, I had a hearing impairment, mm. um, tubes in my ears and Me my too, hearing, actually, did you? Yeah. Three different did, operations to put the tubes in my ears. Yeah. Did they put you in the booth where they say the words back to you. Yes. Mine, I should have known because I'm I'm there. My sister's two years older than me and my mom's there. And they're like, we're going to say words to you now and just repeat back what you hear. And it's a glass booth. And they're like, paper. And I'm like, ice cream cone. And the doctor's <laughs> like, good. As he's like, and I see my sister and, my sister and mom like pointing and laughing. And I'm like, well, that's not good. So it turned out that there was like a bone in my ear. The way when sound comes in, it hits it and it basically just bounces out. So one of these ears, I think it's this one, works double for the left. So it's bizarre. Up close, I have a really hard time hearing if you're soft-spoken, but I can hear like a pin drop from down the street. I'm like, what are the neighbors arguing about? Like, it's wild. What are your views on time existing on like a lateral plane and not a time doesn't go forward. All things exist on like a lateral plane. So all choices exist. And sometimes we get a glimpse into those other choices and that's what deja vu is. Sometimes when we know something's going, oh, we just know we're in the right direction. It's that lateral plane where all things exist. So I say, I, I call them the checkpoints. So this, this is just my, my understanding of it. Deja vu, I, I usually believe that we're tapping into past life. Um, we're, we're tapping into a situation that we went through that would have been eerily similar. I call them, I call them like, if I see an X, like a little road and a big X on it, it means that these are checkpoints. So while I fully honor free will, I do believe that certain things we map out before we get here. I so, agree. I so really I, agree. I'm like, oh, I, if I see an, if I see a solid X on someone's timeline, it means you are meant to be a parent. Now, it might be maybe we can't have children on our own. Maybe we have to adopt or find a surrogate. That's the adventure. That's the growth. One of my guests before, Sarah Meal, said it best. She's like, we forget we're here more than just for ourselves to grow. Something that happens to us might be the catalyst for your growth. We link up with folks before we get here to go, Ooh, we're going to butt heads, but you know what? Spiritually, we're going to grow. I feel, I feel that too. Yeah. yeah. And now it's time for the five questions. Jimmy, if you could go back and speak with your 20-year-old self, what would you tell yourself? Probably, I think one that's hitting more, more now than ever is your work is not your worth. Like mm. I say that all the time. I write it down sometimes before readings. Your work is not your worth. Your worth doesn't begin when someone else recognizes it in you. Mm. Um, that's something I still struggle with. Oh, uh, I think that's so important. I think oh my a gosh. lot of people struggle with that. I know I do every day. What was your childhood nickname? Who gave it to you and why? 
Oh gosh. Well, with my last name um, and going to a Catholic school, it was always Holy Moses jokes, like always. Or when JLo came out as the artist, you know, you know, after, after the TV show, it was just JLo, it was JMO. So like JMO, those were classmates. Uh, Jimmy. I also was known as J Blow, Stephanie J Block, J Blow. So I feel you. I feel you. This seems like an odd question to ask you, but here we go. If you could have any skill, it could be supernatural or otherwise, what skill would it be? One supernatural would be to fly. I've mm-hmm. always been obsessed with like Peter Pan as a kid and that idea of flight as a type of freedom. Do you have a good luck charm or a ritual that you do? I've got two different ones. So the first one, um, when I get nervous before, like when I had the larger events, there are days where like if I have the self-loathing days and I'm like, I'm not good enough to be doing this. I have a couple old photos of myself as a kid. I was reading up about honoring like the child in you and how important it is to go like, I wouldn't talk to my students this way. I wouldn't talk to my niece this way. My, my, you know, who's three, I wouldn't have talked to like five-year-old Jimmy that way. So like, why are you doing it now? So the photos like snap me out of it. And then if I'm nervous, it's going to sound really weird. And I've never shared this before, but if I am going into a reading with like a big client, I literally just either picture them as having like letting out the largest burp in the world or a <laughs> fart because all of a sudden it humanizes them. <laughs> Last question. If you were a nail polish color, what would that color be? And what would the cheeky little name of the nail polish be? Oh, I've thought of this one for you. Why? So I have this idea of, I'm going to brand this and this is going to be my retirement. Um, okay, so, so tra- um, this is trademarked, people. Trademark, you can't right, steal uh, this. Trademarked. Um, remember like the old mood rings that you'd buy as kids and it would like change colors and be like, oh, yeah. Imagine like that type of color, like a, almost like a metallic-y that goes on, except it like senses heat and energy off of chakras. So if you're uh. like, oh, wait, so we're like, what do I need today? What is my body telling me? And all of a sudden the heart chakra, like it, it, it you know, it, it turns goes green. green. I'll polish. We're like, oh, I've got, a, I have to be more open to receiving love today. Okay. Okay. We got to make this happen. I want that polish. What's it called? Chakra Khan. <laughs> Instead of like the old, what was it? I feel for you by Shaka. It would be, I feel right. for you because it's all self. I feel with you. I feel mm. for me. I think yeah. I love me. Chaka Khan. Chaka Khan. Oh my gosh. What That's a great genius. Yeah. Wow. You did think that out completely. You know, before we sign off with you, I want to tell you something. The definition of brilliance, the definition of genius is when you take things from very different domains in your life and you marry them together. And that's what you did for your career, that you took two things that you loved, you married them and it's genius. Mm -hmm. If you would have told me a year ago that I'd be sitting here doing this with the two of you right now, I would not have believed it. So it's, Mm -hmm. if you're listening out there, you know, the universe has big plans for you. That's right. It was a good choice. I love it, Jimmy. I'm going to be in touch. I'll yes. be in touch. We're arranging a day, me and yes, you. you no, be my honor. I can't wait. Have a beautiful one. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jimmy. It was so great to talk to you and meet you. Yeah. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Stages Podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. 
Our theme song says, love where you are now, but sometimes we all need a little help. I've learned from therapy and in my yoga practice that growth comes from challenges. A good therapist can help you reframe the way you look at a challenge and your life. And BetterHelp can provide you with a therapist that gives you some tools to navigate. They offer customized online therapy, either on video or phone chat sessions. It's more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can reach a therapist in under 48 hours. And right now, Stages cast members get 10% off their first month with BetterHelp, so don't wait. Remember, when you support our sponsors, you support Stages Podcast. So log on to BetterHelp, that's H-E-L-P dot com slash stages, and love where you are now. Hi, everybody. So coming up on our Thanksgiving episode, Mary Lee and I will be answering all of your questions. Little by little, some questions have been coming in and we're so grateful for those. But now's the time. If you want to ask us everything and anything, please send them our way. And um, that's what our Thanksgiving episode is going to be. We're looking forward to answering all those pressing, emotional, messy questions. You can email us a question at our website, stagespodcast.net, or you can leave us a comment on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. We also may answer our five questions that we've been asking everybody else all year. We're really looking forward to hearing what you guys want to know. Now, back to what struck a chord with us. What a sweetheart. Yeah, not to underestimate anybody at face value, but that's why I brought up this sort of Madame Tilly's parlor of mystical readings, because we do sometimes think of what a medium should look like, sound like, be like. And the two most effectual readings I ever had were from these very unassuming, uh, both of whom were male figures. And you just thought, are you kidding me? Because I feel like we should have met up at the card, the thinking of you, you know, card section of a grocery store or something. Mm. They're just very sweet, uh, pedestrian. I don't know how best to say it. And then they go to this place again, no, no eyes rolling to the back of their head or, but the messages that came through both of these um, men were just, holy crap, did it shake me because not generic, not generic in any way, shape or form. But I've had a good, probably 10 or a dozen different sort of readings in the course yeah. of my life. And these are the two that Whoa, for me, well, I, I love very them. real. I love them. A friend of mine once for my birthday many years ago gave me this um, psychic reading and you did it over the phone. She was really good. So it kind of became like this fun thing that I would do on my birthday every year. I would do it for myself. So the year I met Michael, I was up here in Boston doing a show, but I didn't okay. know Michael. And a friend of mine brought him to the show. And I met him briefly after we all went out to breakfast the next day. I was like, this guy's really cool. I actually asked him out. I called and left a voicemail and asked him out, but I didn't hear back because I didn't know that he had gone traveling like the next day. So a few days, about maybe three weeks later was my birthday. And so I called the psychic and I was like, okay, I'm doing my yearly call. And she was like, oh, who's Michael? And I was like, no, well, I mean, I know so many Michaels. I can list 10 of them off the top of my head. She goes, no, 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 this is Michael with a motorcycle helmet. And I was like, Michael with the motorcycle helmet. I, well, I just met a Michael, but I don't, I don't think he drives a motorcycle. She goes, oh no, no, wait, wait. It's not a motorcycle helmet. He's bald. Like, <laughs> yes. Yes. I just met a guy named Michael and he's bald. And she's like, yes, you're going to marry him. 
And I go, okay, well, I just met him. She goes, I don't care. I'm just telling you, you're going to marry him. And I was like, awesome. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. And then years later, I kept calling my birthday. He'd be mocking me and like, okay, okay. You're going to make it. So I said, why don't you give her a call? Why don't you just give her a call? See what happens. I'm going to hand the phone over. So I hand the phone over and she says to him, who's Margaret? And he's like, I don't, I really don't know a Margaret. Now he's very skeptical. He does not believe in this stuff. Oh yeah. He's all facts yeah. and science. Yeah. Facts, and, yeah. Science reality. Mm-hmm. She goes, yep. no, no, Margaret, Margaret saying she knows you. And he's like, I'm telling you, I don't, I don't know a Margaret. She said, okay. Margaret says to tell you Jeannie. And he's like, well, Jeannie's my mom and Margaret's my grandmother. And she goes, okay. Margaret is not happy because you don't have a picture of her up in your house. So she wants you to get a picture. And while she's talking to him, he's got the phone crooked in his ear and he's running around the house, opening cabinets, pulling picture books out, taking frames apart. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, grandma's upset. There's no photo. I need a photo of grandma. It was so funny. And from that year on, every time I'd call for my birthday, be like, um, can I, can I, can you schedule me? And I'm like, get out of my readings. The people on the other side, they want to talk to your Michael, maybe for that sheer fact that he does carry proudly. I, you know, need the facts. I need something tangible. I need, so maybe that even makes the powers on the other side want to reach him even more to kind of prove it to you. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And you've lost a lot. I certainly have lost a lot of people that I've loved very deeply even early in my life, you know, one of my very first loves, I'd call him the first love of my life. Um, he passed away quite early when I was 23. And so to be that intimately connected and be that young to lose someone tragically that you thought mm. this person's going to be a part of my entire future. And all of a sudden they're just gone. It does wake something up in you because I have a lot of people in my lives, friends and family members where death hasn't really touched them in that Mm -hmm. sort of intimate way, right? Their parents are still here. Their grandparents are here. Their best friends are here. Um, But I think if you have to face death and mortality, and then you start contemplating, well, what does happen on the other side? Because this really vibrant life in my Mm -hmm. life is no longer here, Mm -hmm. that whatever that looks like, prayer or talking to them throughout the course of the day, uh, because I, I do, I smell uh, people I love, whether it was, like I said, my grandmother's lotion or my ex-boyfriend's uh, perfume, or uh, they're there constantly. I believe and that completely. Me too. That. Me too. I completely believe it. Did that first boyfriend come through in your reading with Jimmy? He did. The other gentleman I met in Chicago when I was in tour doing Wicked, and I will call him Elias. Uh, and I was there actually for um, massage therapy, but the massage therapist and the spiritual reader, Elias, shared the same space. So he came a little early and I was still tying my shoes, you know, getting off the, the bed, the massage therapy bed. And he came in and he said, oh, I'm so sorry. I don't mean to interrupt. And he shut the door. And then a little bit later, he tapped on the door and he said, are you decent? And I said, yes. He opened the door again and he said, are you open to the spiritual realm? Are you open to spiritual readings? I said, actually, yeah, I am. And he said, there is a young gentleman standing behind you and he's carrying a guitar. And I know that there is great, great love there. And I said, yeah, that's Andy Smithy. He was a huge part of my life from when I was 14 until, you know, 23 when he passed. And, uh, He goes, he's a Southern gentleman. I say, yeah, he is a Southern gentleman. And from there, it just kind of 
unfolded. Again, my grandmother, Marie, came through similarly. And all Elias did was touch his earlobes. Mm. And he said, what is this? And I said, I'm wearing her earrings right now. So it, it was just, again, I just specific. love that. It's real, right? That's totally not stuff real. that you no. can just make up. This man had never met me. He didn't know my life in any way. It was pre-social media and it came on strong. And he said, you have to know that you are walking through this world protected and surrounded by people who love you, who have passed over. I will also so mention nice. this. When you and I were doing Will Rogers Follies, yeah. right? We were sharing a dressing room space. You were gone. I don't know what you were doing. Probably shenanigans. You would be bop around other people's <laughs> dressing rooms until like five minutes to curtain. And it would always make me so nervous. I was like, son of a bitch, she's going to miss it. Where is she? Anyway, you were fine. You never missed a curtain, but my God, it took you a long time to get ready. Oh, you waited. Anyway, Wendell, our wig, our associate wig master. Yes. Wendell. Right? Mm -hmm. He also had this this power, this understanding yep. of the spiritual world. And he passed by my dressing, our dressing room door, passed by again, and then peeked in. I was like, Wendell, everything okay? You cool? And he's like, nobody's in there with you. I was like, no, Mary Lee's off, you know, flittering about. He goes, I swear to God, I, you are surrounded by people. They are having conversations around you. You are surrounded by all sorts of different lights and energies that have passed over. Oh my gosh. I love that stuff. It never happens to me. Just like random. Somebody comes up and says something like that, but I would be totally open to it if it did. Well, my friend, happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. <laughs> this was great. Thank you. So fun. Love Bye. you. Love you too. So if this episode resonated with you, please follow, subscribe, and share. You can always find us at stagespodcast.net. A big thank you goes out to our assistant and doer of all things technical, Saren Cho. Thank you to Noah Kaiserman and Garrett Healy for our beautiful original music. Melanie Von Trapp for our Stages podcast logo. Brock Grenfeld, our sound engineer. And Allison Arns, our PR and social media expert. And thank you, our cast members, for joining us today. We hope you come back next week.